welcome to the Open Revolution podcast. This is episode 14, as we follow the latest from the Something New political party. James is going to be taking a break this episode, well earned. Um, I'm hoping to catch up with him next week to uh, hash over his experiences with the election. Uh, this episode, I'm talking to Jessica McNeil-Brown, who's standing for uh, a seat in Stepney and Tower Hamlets uh, in a by-election for the 11th of June. Hello, Jess. Hello. And how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to speak to you today. Oh, that's fine. Uh, and presumably you're very, very busy. Very busy, yes. The day job and the election campaign are keeping me very busy. <laughs> I didn't. I have to say, I didn't know that, that there was a, um, a by-election. Are there other by-elections or is it just in Stepney? Or... It was quite a sudden by-election, actually. And it was off the back of a court case um, for some of the members of Tower Hamlets First, the current political party in power, okay. um, particularly Lutfi Rahman, who was our mayor until this court case. And unfortunately, he was found guilty of fraud and election rigging oh. um, right in the middle of the general election campaign, which the poor Tower Hamlets council people did not appreciate because as soon as he and the councillor were found guilty, uh, they had to go straight into election mode to re-elect the councillor and the mayor within a set time frame. So they've okay. essentially been trying to run two campaigns at, at the one time. Oh, crikey. Well, um, and and so you're standing for the by-election. Uh, yeah. And was it is it just that you didn't have the time to stand for the election a couple of weeks ago? Or how did that work? No, it wasn't that at all. I've been a resident here in Tower Hamlets for 11 years. I okay. absolutely love my neighbourhood and my community, and I'm very passionate um, about the area. And when I heard that this court case had found them guilty and of the situation, I thought, well, instead of sitting in the pub and complaining about it, I should step up and do something. And I had been talking to Alex at Something New for a little while about what um, the folks were doing with Something New. And I just got in touch with him and, and said, look, I, I really feel that I want to do something here. And shall, shall we do it? Shall we run the ticket um, for the councillor by-election? Okay, then. Uh, so you say uh, you've been in Tower Hamlets um, for 11 years yeah um, and uh, I can detect by your accent that you're not perhaps a local to Tower Hamlets uh, no. you're from Australia is that right I am from Australia but I am a British British citizen now I um, had my citizenship ceremony actually down at the Bow Town Hall in Tower Hamlets oh really yeah oh, okay. that that was a couple of years ago um, so I'm a proud dual citizen um, but Really, as I said, I'm just so passionate about this area. I love the diversity and the community that we have here. And to think that our leaders have frauded us and been so corrupt, it, it just made me quite angry. Um, I also work within human rights in my day job. And I, I felt mm -hmm. we needed to clean up the corruption that the people, the people of Tower Hamlets deserve so much better. And I have management experience, so I thought if I can get on that council, then I can really clean up the corruption and just make sure that the council is working so much harder for the residents because we have so much potential in Tower Hamlets and I don't feel we have the right leadership at the moment. 
And um, who are you up against? What's what's the competition like? Oh, look, I think the the competition are, are your usual suspects, so the main parties. The Greens are putting on a, a very strong campaign, not to mention uh, the Labour Party, um, particularly because the Labour Party candidate, John Biggs, he... Um, I think, yeah, he has a bit of a cross to bear, a bit of a, a grudge there against Lutfi Rahman, who did um, make some salacious attacks against um, him in the last mayor campaign. So I think he's going going strong at the moment. Um, the other competition, we have UKIP here, we have the Conservatives. There's a number of independents running. And, of course, um, now that Tower Hamlets First is not allowed to run, we're seeing some new ind independent tickets, which I feel may have come from the, fr off from the back of that as well. I see, as a reaction. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What and does it, a UKIP candidate look like in Stepney? I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an know, interesting uh, yeah, needle to thread. Do you know what? There's always an audience for everyone in in a community and especially in such a diverse community at Stepney and I, I've been pounding the pavements and I can tell you there, there's a lot of uh, diversity and I'm sure everyone will find an audience. That's how diplomatic of you. That's, uh, <laughs> that's also uh, why I love living in, in Tower Hamlets because everyone respects everyone. We just get on, we you know, let people do what, what they want to do and you're free to have those opinions and your, your own beliefs and, that's fine as long as you're not forcing it on anyone, um, which is something I, I really love about our community here. And are you you're you're seeking a um a seat for uh, as a councillor? Yeah. Uh, do you have broader political ambitions? Would this be the first step on the uh, first rung on the ladder, or uh, are you just interested in Stepney and what you can do for Stepney? Do you know what? If I had a pound for every time I've been asked that question in the past, is that right? Yeah, in the past couple of weeks. No, this really came out of my frustration at what the council had allowed to happen and the fact that, I, as I said, I just love my community and I want to make sure that it has a proper leadership and that we are making the most of the great potential that we have in Tower Hamlets. And, yeah, it, it really was a bit of a call to me of, well, if you, if you believe in what you say, then stand up and do something about it. Um, also... There's a bit more in that with, with my job and for a number of years I've been quite a, a feminist and a women's rights activist and I've seen that uh -huh. we need to get more women in leadership. Uh, we need women to stand up and put put their hats in the ring and I thought, well, I can't be out there campaigning for women's rights if I'm not doing the same thing that I'm expecting others to do. Um, so I just thought, yeah. And, and I was worried. I, I have to say that... Um, I, I did have some conversations about the fact that I'm I'm a woman and I've got the Australian accent and there's pros and cons to that and um, I had some stern words said back to me about well you know there's a lot of immigrants in Tower Hamlets just because your one shouldn't be any different and you've just got to do it if it's something you believe in so that's yeah a bit more about why I decided yeah. to do what I do. I'm doing so it, it's all a, a massive adventure for me I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm being really energized by it. just to get to know my community more and to get to know the people in the community more is, is really energizing I love chatting to people and going door to door it's great one of the items on your agenda I noticed is uh, fighting racial profiling and I'm going to try and sidestep the obvious joke about anti-Australian bias uh, that you probably rampant in London yeah. um, but um, is that, uh, I mean, you know, I'm a 
a white male in my 30s and obviously my <laughs> my my uh my experience with racial profiling is uh, virtually zero yeah. i would imagine i don't i wouldn't even know i suppose but uh, is that something that uh, is a, a real problem or is it is it just a threat of becoming a problem how does that manifest itself um no look i think it has been a problem in tower hamlets and i'll tell you how i i was like you i had very little understanding that it it happened um obviously i've had i get if I'm talking back at people or being an angry cyclist on the streets of London, I always get told to go back home or if I'm, <laughs> you know, talking back to people. <laughs> but um, what I had noticed is coming off the tube at Whitechapel Tube, there, it's quite regular that we have, um, you know, plainclothes policemen or, you, you know, when you come through the barriers and you, you can, you just tell that people are checking you out. And sometimes it's police, sometimes it's Met police, uh -huh. um, and sometimes it's plain clothed, whatever. Okay. Um, and what I had noticed was like, they never picked me, they never stopped me. Um, they kind of knew who they were looking for. And then I heard some other stories um, in other areas of um, East London, where some of the community community had actually fought back saying that it was racial profiling and I'd read some of these stories and then I noticed that that was exactly what was happening at Whitechapel Tube. The only people that were being stopped were young men who had, you know, a, a Bangladeshi appearance and that makes me really angry and we also hear... Um, in Whitechapel, we have one of the largest mosques in London. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's a story about anything to do with Islam, you can guarantee they'll cut to the East London Mosque or even with those girls in Bethnal Green recently in the, the ISIS, ISIS um, story. There's been a lot of people coming into our community um, and I don't, and, and that you can tell that they don't get our, our community, that everyone is... There's no fundamentalism that I'm aware of here, uh -huh. um, but people do get targeted. Um, we've had a, a couple of years ago, the EDL tried to march through Whitechapel and down Whitechapel Road and Marlin Road. Um, we, there were mass, uh, lots of local people on the street to stop them doing that. The police were fantastic actually, and didn't let them anywhere near it. But then the EDL did this covert move and tried to come down through Stepney. Um, which surprised everyone, but I have to give the council its credit. They responded so well to that, um, and the police were spot on. But to get back to my point, I think a lot of people look to this area because they think, oh, it's a big Muslim population, there must be fundamentalism, there must be all those horrible things that, that we're reading about in the newspapers, when it's not. It's a, it's a very peaceful community, um, but then and, you've got to admit that that the the, the chances of finding um, uh, Islamic radicals is probably higher in that sort of location than it is in in sort of uh, Belgravia or, or oh, Kensington or yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, of course. Look, I'm not, not going to say it absolutely doesn't happen in this community, but I do think we get targeted more because of the larger population that is here, and it does get me very defensive about the people in, in this community. I mean, when the riots happened in London, things were going off all over London, 
but not not in this area. Everyone was mm. very peaceful. We, oh, we had we had a you know we've got a JD Sports right next to the tube. Nothing, absolutely nothing happened. Okay. Um, well, as a yeah yeah everyone was overzealous. And then during the election campaign, there was a, a I actually saw them. There were some people outside the Whitechapel tube station um, talking about Sharia law and that no one should vote and that everyone should follow Sharia law and sign up to Islam. And I stopped to talk to those guys, and it was obvious that they weren't from our community. All the locals were just letting them get on with what they were doing and just walking past sure. them. But that that kind of sticks, and these people come into our community, and it sticks. And I, I, I get very defensive because we, we have a great community here. Everyone respects everyone, and they just want to get on with their lives. Yet um, I was talking to a friend the other day where um, – a journalist from the New York Times was trying to record school kids because of this Bethnal Green ISIS story and was doing it completely illegal with no permissions, just recording young uh, people going in and out of their school, which is against the UK law. Yeah. Um, and that gets me really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah. yes, I know. The New York Times, uh, liberal bastion. And uh, yes, it is a great publication. <laughs> but I, when you have a journalist behaving in that way, well, of um, course, it's inexcusable, no matter how good your publication is. And as a side note, just to round off that topic, it's good to know that uh, certain people of a certain racial profile can carry a lot of drugs in and out of Whitechapel Tube, sta- Whitechapel tube Station. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so note to all of my hippie friends uh, listening to this. Um, yeah. I- I'm going to touch on another uh, topic. Uh, it's um, rent control. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of um, news coverage recently. Uh, the Standard did a series of articles about um, uh, rented accommodation in, in London generally, not specifically to Stepney Green, but I imagine the, the lessons are true. And, um, you know, the, the, the rents are, you know, are very high, um, mm-hmm. even for London. And then all of the other... Um, sort of secret charges that get added on you know uh, if your lease gets extended then you can pay a charge for that and admin fees and all of this Uh, what practically can you do as a counsellor to um, help people in this regard so I think there's a couple of things around rent control happening here in Stepney and in Tower Hamlets because of our proximity to the city of London we have seen property prices and rent prices just skyrocket in the past couple of years. Um, and that that goes from everything to subletting your um, council housing, where people are trying to make a, a pretty penny on that, to the people that I've been meeting as I've um, been door knocking in Stepney, who have serious concerns about their rent, their accommodation, being able to continue to afford it, um, and also the services that the council are providing for them. Um, so what we need in the council is, is someone else, people or programs, who are protecting the residents who have lived here for a long time, their families are here, their communities are here, to, I, I guess, help them with that confidence that they're not going to be kicked out of their homes. There's a lot of elderly people that I have met who I think are very concerned um, about their housing some of them said said to me very plainly I could never afford to buy in this area now but I've lived here most of my mm. life um yeah and they're paying their their rent but I think there's that real fear that the rents will continue to go up like you say all these secret charges and things and, and then where do they go 
Um, but also, there was a lady that I met on Sunday. She let me into. She saw me walking around, um, putting flies in people's mailboxes, and she called out to me and buzzed me into her apartment block. And she was up three flights of stairs. I went to chat to her, and she thought I was handing out the local newspaper. Um, okay. And she hadn't been able to get any of her posts. She has a heart condition, and there's no lift in her accommodation. And she's okay. at the top of three flights of stairs. And she's worried yeah. about getting the local newspaper and her post, because that's all downstairs. Um, so in talking to her and trying to help her with this problem, I just thought... Why is she in this situation up three flights of stairs with no lift and a heart condition? Why is the council not helping her find more suitable accommodation? And I'm sure that there's many, many stories like that um, as well. So it's, it's not just about rent control. It's also about housing, appropriate, dignified housing for the residents, elderly residents who have lived in um, Tower Hamlets for most of their lives as well. Okay. Well, um, we uh, will end the episode as we always do with the trivia question, which is designed to alienate part of your electorate. Uh, right. <laughs> and um, as a uh, as a, a a dual citizenship Australian English person, but having lived in Stepney uh, for eleven years, yeah, I presume you can do a Cockney accent. I'm going to no, ask you to do I a can't. bit of a Cockney accent. All you have to say, my name is Jesse, or something like that. That's fine in a Cockney oh, accent. Oh, God. I, do you know what? I don't even try to do English accents because I know I'm just going to fail miserably at them. Well, you see, that's, that's, oh, that's, you don't even have to try. I know that's alienated <laughs> a couple of voters. That's all I want. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I, no, I'm not even going to go there. I think it's just going <laughs> to embarrass everybody. <laughs> Well, um, in that case, uh, thank you very much for your time, Jesse. Uh, Jesse is standing for the uh, councillor seat in uh, Stepney, and the election is on the 11th of June, which is next Thursday. Um, for more information, uh, visit somethingnew.org.uk or openpolitics.org.uk. Uh, if you've got any questions, send them to at have some new or at activist Jess with the hashtag have some new. Thank you very much, Jess. Thank you. Thanks so much. Goodbye.